This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 122 of the In-Between Podcast, where you'll discover ideas to build a strong, connected, and joy-filled marriage and family. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. How do you come up with these anyway? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> They're it's so good. challenge. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Well, in case you didn't realize, we are a few weeks away from American Thanksgiving as well as a few weeks away from Christmas. And there are many, many people in the helping field that call this the most stressful time of the year. Even though there is a lot of joy and many things happening, especially during a pandemic, I think we're all feeling a little weary. So I want to invite you to close your eyes and imagine this scenario with me. You have given yourself plenty of time to get ready for school and work this morning. Everyone ate breakfast, packed lunches, and you are heading toward the door. You decided that today is going to be the day that we all have a calm morning. So you have given your kids five minutes to get their coats and shoes on. Oh, plenty of time. Hey, kids, it's time to get your coats and shoes on. No response. In fact, you don't even see them. You take a deep breath and calmly raise your voice. Hey, kids, we only have five minutes to get into the car. It's time to get going. No response. No pattering of feet. No hopping, skipping, or jumping down the stairs. Just silence. Now the clock is ticking closer to T minus late, 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 and the mudroom is as empty as a deserted island. You walk to the bottom of the steps and sweetly remind them, We are going to be late! You need to come down here and get your stuff on! The clock ticks on. No kids. No footsteps. Nada. You feel your blood pressure rising with the lack of respect they are showing you. Now you're taking deep breaths trying to calm down because you were doing so well before. You're muttering to yourself that they are making you late again while stomping up the stairs to remind them who is boss. You turn the corner and you see them sitting in front of the TV or playing on their phones. Then, bam, you lose it. You scream, did you not hear me the first 100 times? Get your shoes and coats on now. Why are you moving so slowly? It's not time to watch TV. It's not time to text. Can't you see we are late? In the car now. Raise your hand if this has ever happened to you. <laughs> it sounded so this is natural our, because this is our neighbor story, right? <laughs> yeah. So yes, we've yelled at our kids. And in that moment, it feels certainly good to blow off steam, doesn't mm -hmm, it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially that moment when you say, why are you yelling? Stop yelling. <laughs> and you're like, wait, I'm yelling. <laughs> so, so after that moment, you just feel guilty. Yep. So very true. And it's tough to admit, isn't it? Uh, yep. Because believe me, I know how tough it is 
because I was a serial screamer. And thankfully, both of us have learned and grown through our experiences uh, as we have screamed at our children. And that's why on today's episode, we want to share with you what it means to be a mindful parent and how we can learn to respond instead of react, especially as the holidays are just around the corner and we are still living in a pandemic after eight months. We're all feeling a little more stressed, aren't we? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, Christina, what is mindful parenting? Well, mindful parenting, in a nutshell, is when you consciously and actively bring your attention to what's happening in and around you instead of getting hijacked or taken away by your emotions. Mm-hmm. So in the example we mentioned above, my stress about the possibility of being late overtook my emotions. And really, that's the interesting thing about stress, right? Our bodies and our brains are wired to react to high stress situations as a safety net. Yeah, kind of like the fight or flight response, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. That's our body and brain's way of acting without thinking to protect us. So our brain and body actually cannot distinguish between stress caused by real danger, like getting chased by a lion, or stress caused by children who are continually not listening to us. In everyday parenting, our stress response often gets triggered unnecessarily by events that are actually not life-threatening. Yeah, it sucks to be late, but are you going to lose your life over it? No, you're not. Our bodies are reacting to our kids spilling milk all over the floor in the same way we would react if we're, let's say, being chased by a bear. Yeah. So depending on your childhood experiences and memories, your stress response may be triggered more easily than another person. So I know for both Christina and I, both growing up in an immigrant household where both of our parents worked long hours at a stressful job, and there was a lot of yelling when things didn't go right and crying. (laughs) Nope, that wasn't a sign of emotion that was acceptable. Mm hmm. So when we are continually stressed, we have difficulty thinking clearly and being attentive to people around us. We are actually unable to be thoughtful in our responses and have trouble staying focused. Our ability to solve problems is actually (coughs) cut. It's complexed. Now we go into great detail about this in episode 102 about how your brain reacts in crisis. So make sure you go back and listen to that episode if you want to hear about what happens when we're continually stressed. It is such a powerful episode to listen to. So definitely take the time to go back and listen to that one. Dr. Dan Siegel, a clinical psychologist and author of The Whole Brain Child, which is a fantastic book that we will link to, explains that during stressful parenting moments, we may lose control or flip our lid and let our emotions control our reactions. When we fly off the handle, mm -hmm, you know what I mean, (laughs) it happens so quickly and we aren't thinking about how our children are perceiving us. Unfortunately, our reactions can be really, really scary to a child. I remember losing it because the girls couldn't get their shoes on to go outside. I was yelling and screaming at them when really what I should have done is just help them. This was my wake-up moment, your come-to-Jesus moment, I guess you could say, as I realized afterward that the windows had been open 
and my neighbors heard me berate my children over not being able to get their shoes on. Hmm. That's really when I knew something had to change. It's a hard truth to swallow, but the way we model to our kids, you know, how we react to stress is what they're going to think is normal when they grow up. So hopefully we're teaching our kids that they can pause and choose to respond instead of yell. But you know what? It starts with us. You know the saying, be the change you want to see in the world? Well, by practicing mindful parenting, we can be the change that we want to see in our kids. So you know, podcast family, we love the nitty gritty, the practical things, right? So let's talk about what does mindfulness mean in parenting? Mindful parenting means learning to manage our own emotions and behaviors in order to teach our kids how to manage theirs. It's kind of like a symbiotic relationship in that way. It's learning to regulate ourselves before we can model regulation for our children. Unfortunately, when we're stressed out, exhausted, and overwhelmed, like many of us are these days, we can't actually be available in this way for our children. I know this can sound like a mountain that you can never scale. Uh, When I was at my lowest point in terms of screaming at our children, yes, I would definitely feel like this was something I could not overcome. But we want to set the record straight right now. Mindful parenting does not mean being a perfect parent, and it's not something you can actually fail at. Mm. No one is going to give you a trophy for not yelling at your kids, and no one is going to take a medal away from you when you do yell at your kids. Unfortunately, mindfulness is not easy, and it really does take practice. You are stretching those muscles. Mm. But like many aspects of parenting, some days are really great. The ones you know you want to take a picture of and post on Instagram with some (laughs) cute caption that life is dandy. And then there are some days that are really bad. But you know what? You always get to try again. You may forget to be mindful, but the second you realize that you are distracted— It is a welcoming opportunity to make a different choice. The choice to be present. So being a mindful parent means that you pay attention to what you're feeling. It means that instead of pulling out your phone to mindlessly scroll to ignore what you are feeling. Oh, I feel that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, me too. You choose to ask yourself, hey, what is going on in my mind, my heart and my body at this moment? As Christians, we have the incredible blessing of being able to pray and talk to God as well, offering up our frustrations, our anger, and all our burdens to Him because He cares for us. So think about it like this. Mindful parenting doesn't mean that you won't get angry or upset, okay? (laughs) Of course, you're going to feel difficult emotions like this, but acting on them mindlessly is what compromises our parenting. Oh, say that one more time, Daniel. Acting on these difficult emotions mindlessly, that is what compromises our parenting. So let's get into how we can practice this, how we can practice mindful parenting. All right, let's put on our thinking caps again (laughs) and think about a situation where you got upset or angry at your child. One where you reacted automatically because that is what most of us do when difficult thoughts, feelings, or judgments arise. Do you have that situation in your head? In stressful situations, when our emotions are easily triggered, it's really hard to be the best versions of ourselves. And I can guarantee that your child will find those buttons and push them. 
on purpose, or maybe because they just naturally know how. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. In order to make the choice to change your behaviors, you first have to realize what your hotspots are or maybe your emotional triggers. So hotspots are certain times of our days when we are more vulnerable and less emotionally available. So, you know, those times when you're feeling stressed, tired, overwhelmed, uh, had a long meeting that shouldn't have gone that long, or just hungry or hangry, or just feel preoccupied with everything that's going on in life and work and marriage. Yeah, those are hot spots. For me, a hot spot used to be when we would have guests over for a meal. I do look forward to the day we can do that again, but I remember when I used to think everything had to be perfect and our house needed to look like uh, no kids live there. When they actually, yeah, they did. There were many of them in there. <laughs> Get that Mr. Clean eraser. Exactly. And wipe that off. <laughs> I would scream at the kids for taking their toys out and for living life in their own home. You remember we had that bucket for it. Here are toys you can play with. Yes. Like in between now and when people come <laughs> exactly. and everything else. See ya. <laughs> yep. Very much so. I'm not proud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've gotten better. We've all gotten better. Yes, very true. Very true. Thankfully. All right. So we talked about hot spots, Daniel. What are emotional triggers? Well, emotional triggers are feelings or judgments from your own childhood, which may arise when your child does a specific thing or a specific action. So, for example, Let's say your child's not performing at the academic level that you think they should be. And as a result, you feel like you failed as a parent because when you got a bad grade, your parents said it wasn't good enough. Oh, yeah. That is definitely <laughs> emotional struggle for me. Emotional trigger. <laughs> yeah. So in order to feel a sense of control over your emotions, like when we get these sorts of triggers, you first have to be able to recognize and anticipate what types of situa situations are likely to trigger these hotspots and emotional responses in you. We love what Dr. Kristen Race, an author of Mindful Parenting, Simple and Powerful Solutions for Raising Creative, Engaged, Happy Kids in Today's Hectic World. Yes, that is the whole <laughs> title of the book. We'll link it in our podcast notes. Uh, we love what she says in her book about the three key factors to mindful parenting. For the next little while, we'll break down each one in more detail, but let's list all of them out for y'all first so you have an idea of what it is. The three key factors to mindful parenting are, one, notice your own feelings when you're in conflict with your child. Two, learn to pause before responding in anger. And three, listen carefully to a child's viewpoint, even when you disagree with it. All right. Now, in case you're driving or running or working out or whatnot, and you're like, oh, I need that. Just remember that everything we talked about today is in our show notes. 
You can find them at inbetween.org slash episode 122. So let's start with the first key factor to mindful parenting, which is notice your own feelings when you're in conflict with your child. All right. So for the next few moments, we want to invite you into thinking about your most recent argument or a frustrating situation with your child. How did you feel? And what feelings were just triggered inside of you? Did you feel an angry? Maybe you felt ashamed. Did you feel that hotness flow into your face? Were you embarrassed? Try to experience whatever emotion that you were feeling at that time as a wave. It's something that goes out and something that comes in. So it's coming and going. As you're thinking about this situation, try not to block or stop the emotion. Don't push it away. Don't judge it or reject it. Don't try to keep the emotion around. And neither do you cling to it. Don't make the emotion bigger than it already is. Reminder, you are not your emotion and you don't have to actually act on the emotion you are feeling. Yes, it is just a feeling. Be there. Fully mindful of that emotion. And remind yourself that you don't need to blame yourself or your child for what happened because as we know, unfortunately, it's so easy to do both. Next, try to see the conflict through your child's eyes. What were they possibly feeling in that moment? What were they perhaps needing that they didn't know how to ask for? Why did they possibly react the way that they did? Now, as you go throughout your day, we want to encourage you to make an effort to notice when you start to feel anxious or annoyed. That may be a signal that you're being triggered. And once you figure out those triggers, you can move on to the next step. For those of us that are not really in tune with our emotions, hello, Enneagram 3s out there. (laughs) (laughs) Another clue that you can use to be aware is... Take note when you pick up your phone to try to escape the drama around you instead of taking the time to process what is going on around you. One thing that has really helped us be more mindful of the reason we are on social media is to take a literal pause from it all. Every Friday, we celebrate our Sabbath, which is a day that we choose to intentionally take a break from work and do things that fill us instead of drain us. We have decided to intentionally stop the grind of the week and focus on investing into our relationship with God, into our marriage, and with our family. Yeah, you know, one thing that we have been recognizing about ourselves as we hit pause on our social media that day is essentially how we falsely believe that likes, comments, and scrolling can fill a void that it actually can't. I mean, you wouldn't believe how many times we've picked up our phones and then snapped out of it. And we're like, oh, wait, why am I just why am I opening up Facebook? Why am I opening up? Like, what's the no stop close? Put it down. Yeah, exactly. And if you're listening to this and having like hyperventilating issues, like (laughs) and thoughts of like, oh, there is no way I would be able to take a day without social media. We want to encourage you to go back and listen to our previous episode about breaking up with our phones. Just go to inbetween.org slash episode 122 for the link to that episode. So that's the first key factor to mindful parenting. Notice your own feelings when you're in conflict with your child. 
The second factor is to learn to pause before responding in anger. Exactly. The most challenging and most important part of being a mindful parent is being able to find that calm space in the heat of the moment. Because sometimes it happens so quickly, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) We practice finding this space by focusing our attention on our body and breath because emotions show themselves as changes in actual, actual changes in our body or breath. When we are stressed or angry, we tend to think about it. What do we do? We hold our breath. Our hearts start to beat faster. Our teeth and jaws clench tightly. Our muscles get tense. Maybe we even close our fists. We're basically a volcano ready to explode. But when we take the time to slow down and focus on our body and breath, there's actually a physiological change that decreases our reflexive responses and increases the abilities of our prefrontal cortex, which is, you know, that part of the brain that helps us in our executive functions like helping us focus our attention on the present, right? Predicting the consequences of our actions and anticipating what could happen, managing emotional reactions and impulse impulse control, and also helping us plan for the future and adjust our behaviors. If you want to hear more about our brains and what they actually look like in crisis or in stress, we discuss it in full detail on a previous episode called What Our Brains Look Like in Crisis. Just go to inbetween.org slash episode 122 for the link to that episode as well. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babyland, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Now, all of this taking time to slow down, uh, this leads to a calmer mind where you can find the space to sit with your emotions. When we're able to pause, we can experience the emotions as sensations in our body without adding fuel to the fire by, by focusing on the trigger. In that space, we can remind ourselves to breathe and bring our thoughts back to the present moment and then choose to respond how we want to not just react because we're out of control. Did you get that? We get to choose how we want to respond and how we want to react if we take the time to slow down, if we take the time to find that space between feeling our emotions and just reacting. Yes, this is helpful in parenting for sure, but goodness, don't you feel like it would be beneficial in any sort of relationships? Whether in marriage, in those relationships with who we work with, and in those we interact with online, if we took the time to slow down and be aware of our emotions, perhaps we would have healthier relationships. Mm -hmm. 
So thus far, we've covered two of the three key factors to mindful parenting. The first one is to notice your own feelings when you're in conflict with your child. And then we've just covered learning to pause before responding in anger. And the third and final one is listening carefully to a child's viewpoint or your child's viewpoint, even when you disagree with it. You want to know something shocking? (laughs) Your child is going to act like a child. (gasps) No way. Drop the mic. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Hashtag act like a child. (laughs) Right. If your child. Yes. (laughs) This means that your child won't always be able to manage their feelings. Hmm. Kids are still learning how to regulate. Actually, so are most adults, including (laughs) us. (laughs) That's right. They're learning how to regulate and have different priorities than you do. Their behavior will push your buttons at times. And y'all, that's okay. The problem though, right, Christina, is when adults begin acting like kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, If instead we can stay mindful as parents and as adults, meaning that we notice our emotions and let them pass without acting on them, you know, we, we model emotional regulation in a sense. Well, our children are gonna learn from watching us if we model that behavior. Yes, exactly, Daniel. And once again, for those who may struggle with knowing how you feel, it may be helpful for you to really name your emotions and be present with how you're feeling. We've previously talked about how we are using an emotion wheel at home because sometimes we we feel our emotions, but we don't actually know what we're feeling. If you are able to do both, really feel it and name it, then maybe this seems really ridiculous to you. But for those who really understand the struggle, then something that's really helped us is the emotion wheel. And we're not just talking about those basic emotions like fear anger, joy, sadness. We're talking about, and we've covered this in a previous episode where we're talking about more of the nuanced emotions. So it, it, there's, there's so much on that emotion wheel. That's just an incredible resource. So we do want to encourage you to go to inbetween.org slash episode 122 to download that and see what we're talking about. Yes, we cannot recommend it enough because it really has helped our family be able to know what we're feeling and name them as well, which is really helpful for children. Mm -hmm. So learning to pause before responding takes practice and our ability to control our emotion changes depending on really what's going on each day. That is why self-care is so important. We can't pour out all of ourselves every day and never take the time to fill back up. It's like that cup we've talked about before. Mm. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Mm -hmm. And many parents, including myself, have felt guilty for taking care of their own needs because we care. Right. That's really what it is. We care about our children. We want we care about our spouse. We care about our friends and our neighbors, our our co-workers, especially during this pandemic. We want to give, give, give. However, eventually we are just going to crack. Right. Maybe (laughs) you have already. I know I have sometimes. So we need to change the narrative that self-care is selfish. It is not Self-care is not selfish. It is necessary. So make yourself a priority because the better you feel, the better you will be able to manage the frustrations that arise in your life. 
Now, it's important to learn how to help yourself and how to meet your emotional needs. So examples of self-care can range from things like taking a time out by hiding in the bathroom where, when you can't handle your kids. Yep, been there with homeschooling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or taking a few moments of deep breathing, as we've talked about in previous in our, in our series of mini episodes. Exercising to let go of some steam, taking a bath. Getting some vitamin D by going for a walk or talking to your spouse or a friend. And we did an incredible interview with Laura Howe about the seven keys to resiliency for exhausted parents. She shares some wonderful ideas about self-care, so you're going to want to make sure to go back to that episode and listen to it. Go to inbetween.org slash episode 122, and we'll be sure to link it there. So, Christina, what do we do, not if, but when we blow it? Mm, when thar she blows is talking about yourself. Yeah, yep. exactly. <laughs> when we just let go the handle and, you know, we just look like those cartoon characters that have steam blowing out of their ears. <laughs> yeah. I can't right? imagine like, that. And their faces are all bright yes, red and exactly. their eyes are like bugging out of their faces. Mm-hmm. Well, let's be honest. It's going to happen, right? If it hasn't happened already today, it will happen eventually. Mm-hmm. And as we continue to live in this world pandemic and as the stress of the holiday season wants to creep up and overtake us, sometimes we can't catch ourselves in time and we do react in ways we regret. Yeah, you're so right. You're so right. So in those moments, what should we do? Well, podcast family, in those moments, we can apologize to our children after we yell at them because we are still learning and parents make mistakes too. We can model to them what it looks like to say, hey, I'm sorry, I really shouldn't have yelled, I lost my temper, and that's not something that I want to do, so I'm sorry that I messed up, and will you please forgive me? We have the opportunity when we mess up, not if we mess up, we have the chance to show them that no one is perfect, that God forgives us, and we too can extend grace and mercy to those around us. Hmm. That's good news there. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening into this episode on mindful parenting. Next week, we are going to be interviewing Daniel Darling on fake news, cancel culture, and the growing need for online discernment. Oh, can I get an amen? Uh-huh. <laughs> so subscribe if you haven't yet done so already, and that's going to be the easiest way for that episode to just automatically download to your device. And otherwise, we do want to encourage you to share this episode with another parent, another person that has come to mind. Perhaps it's your spouse or someone else, a friend, uh, that you can just share it with them and have a conversation on this so that you, it can, you can kind of cement the learning that is here. Thank you so much for listening in, and we'll catch you next time. This episode was brought to you in part by The Truce Podcast. The new season examines the connection between some evangelicals and the Republican Party with the help of world-class historians. Subscribe to Truce in your podcast app or listen at trucepodcast.com.